You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let's just maybe summarize briefly something that we talked about last weekend after the Paracast, Chris. And that is the secret location of Marley Woods. This is a place in Missouri that has been the subject for lots of paranormal events. It's been, shall we say, kept a secret by a key investigator, Ted Phillips. But now the location, which has been known by researchers for a while, is out there. Can you tell our friends who are looking at Google Maps or Apple Maps or something where precisely it is? Well, it, generally it's in south central Missouri. The, um, the actual location is in uh, Oregon County. So if you're looking at a map of the state, it would be just north of the town of Thayer and south of State Highway 160. And it'll be directly east of West Plains, Missouri. Basically, you're on just on the western, kind of southwestern side of the Ozarks. It's a very beautiful area there. I've been through there a couple of times uh, in that area. You know, it's mostly farm farmland and uh, rolling hills, and it's uh, it's very beautiful there. Actually, there's Grand Gulf State Park is uh, just to the southwest of it, and just um, that's just north and west of Thayer. Thayer would be the nearest town. So as the crow flies, it's, I don't know, it looks like it's about 20, 20 miles, maybe 15 miles from there. That's the location. Now, as I mentioned, you know, in our prior conversation, I have known the location of this uh, spot. And I've, I've, I've really scoped it out quite extensively on Google Earth. I do have a, a file somewhere, one of my old hard drives, uh, external hard drives that has um, a Google map image of it. I actually was able to delineate out, I think, property lines as well. You know, I, I'm just uh, I'm just hoping that Ted's okay. He's uh, not answered uh, phone calls from myself and uh, a number of other researchers. You know, as I said prior, he's been having some health issues uh, on and off over the years. Uh, he's getting on there. I think he's, you know, he's probably around 70 now. You know, he has had some, uh, some issues. But uh, let's hope that the case is still being monitored properly. I think, um, you know, some people, of course, are a little concerned, uh, as we've seen on our forums, that uh, it may turn into another Skinwalker Ranch scenario where people will be camping out and scaring the phenomena away. (laughs) You know, anything's possible. But um, in this case, there are no armed guards. There's no, um, you know, billionaire with uh, security forces. And uh, that could be problematic for the people that live in the area, including the primary witnesses, Um, contending with uh, trespassers and people, you know, the curious uh, attempting to stake the place out and and see something. So we're we're really going to have to uh, hope for the best with this. And, and, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I guess the folks in Missouri just got fed up with being held, held at arm's length uh, and not, not being allowed to be involved. And this is what happens when you try to hoard a case for as long as this case has been held back. So, Best of luck to Ted, but uh, you know he kind of brought it on himself, so <laughs> there's not much that we can do about it. As a corollary, your friend Ray Stanford has been holding a lot of information to himself, but in his case, it's not stuff that is available to a lot of people except those he chooses to submit it to. Well, yes, yes, and no. I mean, uh, again, he's planning on on allowing this information to be uh, to be made public. He's working on a book. 
Um, he's also working on an updated version of the, of the Socorro book, uh, which he released back in the mid seventies. Uh, there's been a bit of new information based on his uh, trip with James Fox to the national archives, finding the, the letter that uh, proves that the, the symbol for many years that was thought to have been seen on the craft was uh, purposefully, you know, changed and, uh, and Zamora signed off on it to keep it secret so that uh, if the correct symbol ever showed up, they would know that it was a real sighting. You know, this is something that, uh, you know, has kind of been a bone of contention with some investigators over the years, I guess. Uh, you know, now that, um, you know, the real symbol has been has been uh, produced by Stanford. But accusations of him lying about it and um, and making all this up have been have been totally rendered uh, moot because he's he's you know he's found the incriminating document that shows that uh, Richard T. Holder did have Lonnie Zamora obscure that original symbol. I just wonder though how many sightings this happens with, where one piece of key information is withheld. As fact checkers, we know this apparently happens with some abductions, where some aspect of the abduction is common to a number of them. But we don't hear what that is. Yeah, it, it's it's a you know I think it happens. Uh, I, I I I personally um, over the years that I've been out in the field, I I have not uh, done that. I do have some you know red flags that I look for, and 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 don't tell anybody about them. But I have never purposely myself withheld any any sort of information for fear of of it being uh, used as uh, as some sort of fuel for, for hoaxes or people that want to cause a stir within the field. I, I'm, I can't really, uh, I can't really answer that uh, from a place of authority. This is the only case that I'm aware of where the witness was actually asked to sign a false statement. Uh, in other words, the drawing that Lonnie was asked to make of the false symbol he signed um, at the behest of uh, of, Ar- of Army um, Officer uh, Richard Holder, and that's the only case of that sort that I've ever heard of. You know, Zamora was a you know he f- was pretty freaked out by the sighting, and uh, I think he he you know as being a patriotic American, when uh, the government asked him to do something, he did it, and um, you know Heineck and Stanford went along with this, uh, thinking that this was a good. Uh, you know, thinking that if there were any more uh, legitimate sightings uh, and people described the the actual real symbol, that they would instantly be alerted this was a real event. Um, in the meantime, Ray has been doing some work on on what that real symbol, which was a an upside down V with three straight lines going across it. He's been trying to figure out why that symbol was there and what it might mean, and and he's actually uh, um, getting set to release a. Um, an analysis of the symbol. And, and Ben Moss, who is uh, a Maryland uh, MUFON member who's uh, been seen lately on this Hangar One show, he's one of the <laughs> one of the few uh, voices of sanity out there on, in that uh, particular production, in my estimation. But they've come up with a pretty interesting uh, uh, analysis of what that symbol could have meant. And it, it looks like it was some sort of warning symbol to warn anyone nearby when this thing was taken <laughs> off to, to stand clear. Uh, th- that's one. That's one uh, possible explanation. So you know they've been w- working on on coming up with uh, some sort of um, written analysis uh, to to be released. I look forward to seeing it, and we'll have to get Ray back on the show 
when he's ready with this and see what he has to say. We're going to bring back a guest who hasn't been with us for a number of months, and he's yeah. one of our favorite. He's the one and only, because there can be no substitutes, Nick Redfern. <laughs> now, this is one thick book. With the index, it has 438 pages, okay? It's called Secret History, and there's a subtitle, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order. Each topic gets its own chapter. It's a really great read, really fascinating book. And it's one of those books that you really don't have to read in one sitting or two sittings. You take a topic, you read the chapter, get on with your business. A little bit later, you pick up another chapter and you continue. Of course, you may start reading three or four chapters and within a night or a day and a night, you'll finish the book. Right. So I'll keep this short and sweet. If you want to be able to hear our second radio show after the PowerCast and get the ad-free version of the PowerCast, sign up for the PowerCast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com, plus.thepowercast.com. If you sign up for one year or more, you get a free copy of Chris O'Brien's Stalking the Tricksters for a Limited Time, plus.thepowercast.com. Nick Redfern with Gene and Chris coming. You're in the Paracast. You're fired. According to the Small Business Administration, 75% of small businesses plan to eliminate jobs or reduce workers' hours to part-time. You're fired. According to Gallup, the unemployment rate recently jumped to nearly 9%, and the underemployment rate hit a staggering 17.9%. You're fired. One out of three young adults and one out of two recent college graduates are underemployed. Hello, I'm Keith Abel, a pharmacist and a home business entrepreneur. In 2011, I became one of those statistics myself. Instead of looking for another job in corporate America, I joined Dr. Joel Wallet, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. We're creating steady incomes for ourselves and would like to show you how to do the same. If you want to supplement your current income, replace your income, so you don't have to become one of the statistics, then give me a call toll-free at 866-257-3105. 866-257-3105. You're fired. Don't wait till you hear those words. Start creating an extra income today. 866-257-3105. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Yuvia needed financing to grow her restaurant business, but her bank simply didn't understand. I was frustrated. Yuvia found on-deck business loans. On-deck did it for me. I called on Saturday, and I had $50,000 in my account on Monday morning. How about the terms? Incredibly easy. It doesn't mess with your cash flow. On-deck changed everything. This company, on-deck, is going to be there for me. Was it a good move? I'm looking to increase sales probably 30%. Been in business for at least a year? with 100,000 plus in revenue, On Deck can get you 5,000 to 250,000 dollars in as little as one business day, and they're A plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. On Deck has opened up so many doors for me now. Truly, truly, the sky is the limit. I, I'm excited. Apply now at OnDeckLending.com or call 800-326-5430. 800-326-5430. Loan subject to lender approval. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. He's back, folks. One of our favorite people in the entire world of the paranormal, Nick Redfern. And he's been a busy bee, doing all sorts of things, and he has one new book out now, and there's another one coming in a few months, which we'll deal with later. But the current book, and it's a thick one here. It's like 400 pages, and I have it in my hand here. And if you had carpal tunnel syndrome, you're going to have a problem. With the index, is 438 pages. Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order. And that covers a whole bunch of ground from ancient Wait, astronauts to the Kennedy assassination, to Roswell, to all sorts of interesting stuff, to Walt Disney and the CIA, a secret connection, believe it or not. But Nick, before we get to conspiracies, there is that subject on the table. And I know you said to me, you didn't want to talk about the bloody Roswell slides. Let's just call it Slidegate. Would you like to say a few words before we get on to other stuff? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, the only reason why... You know, I wasn't, I didn't really want to talk about it. it, was because I didn't think there was anything really new to say. And I kind of feel that continually promoting it or talking about it actually adds to the promotion, which I think is the wrong way to go about it. So it's kind of like a catch 22. You know, I want to lay the matter to rest, but equally, the more you put out, the more responses you get from the other side, and it just continues and adds 
won't say it adds weight to the scenario because it clearly doesn't, but what it does, it keeps it in the public domain and the public eye when we should be put it down, you know, kill it off and then move on. And so it's sort of a, you know, an issue as to how and why we do that. So that's why my initial approach when you, you first asked me. But then I sort of rethought about it and thought, well, you know, why not just try and finally put the last nail in the coffin? Some people might think that's sort of been overly um, optimistic. <laughs> you know, this is ufology after all. Yeah, I mean, I think the entire Roswell Slides issue, Slidegate, whatever you want to call it, is sort of the biggest black mark on ufology since the alien autopsy film. And, and I think ufology ufology hasn't learned a lesson in the sense that things like this will keep happening. It's inevitable. I think the only saving grace is that regardless of what some people said, you know, we have basically answered it, you know, with the uh, the deciphering of the uh, the lettering, etc. But, um, you know, the will to, like the old Fox Mulder thing of wanting to believe, for a lot of people, it's it's hard to get rid of that. And, and to me, that's pretty pathetic, really, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help but chuckling. Uh, we had uh, Alejandro Rojas on last week, and uh, and he basically said the same thing. Um, it's, it's just... It's tawdry, and uh, it's a shame that uh, Schmidt and Carey were either inadvertently or by design taken in by this whole thing. And uh, it's just, you're right, Nick, I think it just, it, it, just, it just is one more piece of ammunition for the skeptics and the naysayers to just attack the field. And, and, and it also does, I think, um, it lessens the importance of the Roswell case because so much is being glommed onto it and people are trying to make money off this this cultural meme so it weakens i think the validity of the case to a certain degree um in in people's minds who aren't really that knowledgeable about the case i think people who who might want to get interested in this whole field it's just one more thing to to keep them at arm's length and push them away you're actually right on that um score because the big irony is you know i really do believe something genuinely weird happened at Roswell in 47. I don't, in my mind, there's no doubt about that. But um, you're right, the problem is that when something like this is inserted into the story, then the whole story falls apart. You know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. That's, you know, the story. He cries one too many times and nobody listens. Well, that's what's going to happen eventually. The more and more hoaxes and disinformation or whatever is added to Roswell, eventually something genuinely good might come through or, or it could come through and people are just going to say no you know we're done with it we, or this keeps happening time and time again and I would stress I don't view as some have said that you know this was some sort of psychological warfare operation to discredit Roswell it wasn't what I find most sort of angering from my perspective is that a real word angering I'm not sure if it is or not <laughs> um, the most angering thing from my perspective is you know, when the we had the unveiling of the slides in Mexico on May 5, well, within like 72 hours, maybe less, the placard had been deciphered, you know, the body of a mummified child or boy or whatever it said. And yet the team had access to this, you know, these images for a couple of years before that. How is it that this issue of the placard couldn't have been rectified two to three years ago? easily could have been 
because it was cleared up a couple of days later. So why couldn't it have been cleared up in the three years previous? So we wouldn't have even had to bother with a Mexico event. It could have just been laid to rest and even possibly never mentioned or even brought up because yeah. it could have just been closed down in-house and, okay, yeah. we'll mention it, we'll just move on to the next thing. There's one word to kind of answer that question, Nick, and that is money. Well, the problem is, you know, I mean, I've heard this, the... I'm kind of viewing it more as incompetence. And the reason why I say that <laughs> is because if the slides, if it was about money, then inevitably the slides would have been released because people are going to, you know, if you, the only way to get money would be to sell the slides or show them. But to do that, it's all going to fall apart because the placard again would be would be shown and somebody would decipher it. So, you know, th that's why I don't think it actually was all about money because I don't see how money could have been earned, as I said, without unveiling the placard. And when the placard gets unveiled, it's shown not to be the real thing. So, you know, that's that's sort of my thinking. Now, I'd like to know the full story as to who exactly it was, person, I mean, not necessarily companies, but who personally tried to decipher the placard and got nowhere. I'd like to see, like, a trail of paperwork that shows all that so we can understand and figure out why no one could figure out what it said. And yet days later, everybody could. You know, um, that if, the, if the people want to demonstrate, you know, that they want to put things right and, you know, smooth things over, well, show us all that so we can understand how mistakes were made, why mistakes were made, and what exactly happened. And maybe we can learn a few things from this beyond the ones that we've already learned that, you know, ufology is just a, it's like a chamber of horrors, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. The chamber of horrors. Yeah, In fact, we can write a book, yeah. ufology, the chamber of horrors, or do a documentary well, you know, film. Somebody, not that I'm going to do, but somebody could actually write a book about the Roswell slides, not from the perspective of, you know, the, what the slides are and what they might be, but sort of like a, like a circus of horrors study of ufology. I have an idea, Nick. The attack of the killer Roswell slides doesn't oh, make it. Go. Oh, well. Or the 50-foot-tall killer Roswell slides. Okay. Gene and Chris and Nick Redfern, you're in... The Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. 
find out what they don't want you to know. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686. 2237 extension 129. Yuvia needed financing to grow her restaurant business, but her bank simply didn't understand. I was frustrated. Yuvia found on deck business loans. On deck did it for me. I called on Saturday and I had $50,000 in my account on Monday morning. How about the terms? Incredibly easy. It doesn't mess with your cash flow. On deck changed everything. This company, on deck, is going to be there for me. Was it a good move? I'm looking to increase sales probably 30%. Been in business for at least a year with $100,000 plus in revenue? On deck can get you $5,000 to $250,000 in as little as one business day. And they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. On Deck has opened up so many doors for me now. Truly, truly, the sky is the limit. I, I'm excited. Apply now at ondecklending.com or call 800-326-5430. 800-326-5430. Loan subject to lender approval. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast the gold standard of paranormal radio. <laughs> Nick Redfern is one of the best people doing the Paracast, so we keep asking him. We do not invite Nick Redfern on the show just to talk about how well he does our stinger. He's. We've been talking a little bit about Slidegate, Roswell Slides, what happened being a black mark on ufology, 
Chris was mentioning the other day that he lives about a mile from where this thing was actually exhibited. Anything new on that before we just leave the subject? Not really. I mean, the only stuff I have is what's in the public domain. I mean, I wrote an article right after the May the 5th thing where I talked about one particular museum in New Mexico called the Million Dollar Museum in White City, um, New Mexico, only less than 200 miles from where the Rays lived, Bernard and Hilda Ray lived. You know, it actually has a, a dead alien story attached to it. It's right near the Carlsbad, or it was, the Carlsbad Caves, which I'm sure Bernard Ray, as a, a geologist, would have visited there, you know, no distance. So that led, led me to believe that, that possibly the, the pictures were taken there because they had numerous mummies. They even had... Um, heads on display and if you look up that high-res picture there's like a wolf's head or something behind the body of the mummified child you know you see it; it's clear like a muzzle and the head and everything else so that led me to believe that you know the the white city million dollar museum could have been the place now if it's found it wasn't but i think it was a viable possibility but now i see that the million dollar museum has been brought up again into the controversy so this is what i mean about continuing to talk about it you know i do, i identify one museum with a dead alien story attached to it, which could have been the place. It wasn't. But then, because I highlight this, people pick up on it, and that becomes... It enters the equation now in another fashion, you know, with this whole thing with Linda Howe, you know, coming up with another scenario that, that it is an alien after all. So this is what I mean about the more you speak about it, it doesn't lay things to rest. It adds another tier, another layer to it. So it just... It's, it's endless, but I mean, there are some issues about it that still interest me for personal reasons, like, for example, the the alleged computer hacking thing, you know. Would you explain to our listeners what that is all about? Because we haven't covered it very much. I mean, even for me, it's sort of difficult to explain and understand, but I'll do my best so you'll, you'll get... What you'll get is basically what I know, uh, to be sure. Um what happened was that not sort of close to about a year ago now, I think it was July or August of last year, um, Tony Bregalia, who was not exactly part of the dream team, but who was sort of working you know, with them and alongside them and doing his own stuff as well into the slides, said that he'd been essentially hacked. What happened was that he received an initial email from a guy you used the alias of Aglas Darkly. That was the name he used. And he had a SafeMail account, which anybody who knows about email, you know, SafeMail, which operates out of Israel, is a very um, good way to sort of protect your identity and, you know, use a pseudonym and, you know, protect yourself, etc., etc. Now, what Tony said that happened, or he was told by his sort of IT people, um, was that the process of him opening the email allowed this A-glass darkly person to get into his account and or possibly even into his entire whatever it was he got, you know, now the tablet, laptop, whatever, I don't know. And from there, at the time, I was corresponding with Tony and with uh, Rich Reynolds of UFO Conjectures. And what happened was that then this person, A-glass darkly, began sending me and Rich emails and some of them were just random emails that he sent. Uh, he actually sent me a weird poem once about flying saucers, which was very sort of a strange thing to do. Um, 
But what would sometimes happen, and this is why me and Rich suspected we may have been sort of subjected to some sort of, I don't know if you would call it hacking or what you would call it, but what happened was that me and Rich would send emails between to each other back and forth about the Roswell slides. And it would just be like sent by me, Rich would receive it and he would hit reply. So it was like that. No, there were no BCCs, no CCs, nothing like that. And But then randomly throughout the day, we would get emails from this person, Aglas Darkly, sometimes actually responding to the emails we sent, other times just sending his own emails, but clear in both cases talking about the things that me and Rich had privately discussed. So that led us to believe that this person was, you know, watching our account or something. Now, no damage was done to anyone's systems at all, as far as I know. Uh, certainly, Rich didn't have any damage done. Tony did say and went on record as stating that money was taken from one of his accounts in like a skimming operation where, you know, people, criminals take small amounts from multiple accounts. And when you, you know, you check your monthly statement, you might not miss $30 here or there and somebody else might not miss 25 But you do that huge amount of time, you know, and you're reaping in a massive amount of money. Tony went on the record of stating that happened. So, you know, I don't believe this had anything to do with, like, the NSA or the government or anything like that, because, number one, they wouldn't want, wouldn't need to open a safe mail account to access my email or Tony's or, or Rich's, for God's sake. You know, they could just penetrate your system. They don't need to go through safe mail. And Tony actually contacted SafeMail in Israel and had them close the account down when it was explained to them what was going on. And they actually did that. You know, so that's another point. And I, and I don't see any agency wanting to tip anybody off or send them on an investigation by skimming money out of somebody's account, you know. So uh, my personal view is that it was probably done by someone in the UFO research community, an idiot who crossed the line and assumed wrongly that me, Rich, and Tony had the images on our respective machines, you know, laptops or whatever. The irony was none of us did, you know. At that time, we were still... I, I'm not sure if the very low-res image was in the public domain. It, it might have been. I can't remember now. But, you know, I certainly did, uh, didn't have anything saved on my laptop at all. You know, if I had seen the image at that time, it would have been just Rich's blog or somewhere like that. I can't remember exactly when that image surfaced. So I think it was somebody in ufology fishing around, hoping to be the first with the most by finding the images on our systems and then found out that, well, they really don't have them at all, you know, and, uh, and then they just went away. Now, Tony has also gone on the record stating how he contacted the FBI. That, as far as I know, has not gone any further, and I don't know why that is, and I haven't heard anything from Tony for a long time, and certainly he's not been active very much on the internet since the whole slides issue occurred. So, you know, but it comes down to this big issue of is it hacking or is it something else? I'm not sure because, you know, I'm, I'm not a hacker. You know, I'm not an expert in hacking. I don't know if what the process is, you know, by opening an email, how it makes you vulnerable and how then it hooks into other people's systems and is it hacking or did the guy just get an address book, you know, out of Tony and then contacted me and reached through the address book? Well, that's possible, but that wouldn't explain how he was able to so clearly discuss the things 
me and Rich were talking about, that does suggest at some point and somehow he got access to our emails. So, you know, that that in itself is an interesting and annoying and angering um, thing. You know, I mean, Tony called the FBI. I mean, if it was left down to me, you know, the two of us would be locked inside a room and I'd be the one coming out. You know what I mean? Now, I should point out here without getting into extensive detail, I suspect for a lot of people, hacking their email accounts is not all that difficult because not everybody uses a strong password. If you know a person or about a person, you can probably guess it. I'm not inviting anyone to do anything. I'm just saying that the skill set involved may not be that extensive if you really try hard enough. But let's start moving away from that into other stuff in our next segment. We have Nick Redfern. We're going to talk about the secret history and the conspiracy theories and all that stuff. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. Pick up the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. 
Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. So we've been talking about Slidegate, about the hacking. Now, let me ask you a question here, Nick Redfern, with this hacking or possible hacking episode. I presume you changed your passwords and all that other stuff, right? Oh, well, I do all that regularly, you know, and... um but I mean, you know, and I have full internet, you know, protection, obviously, um, you know, multiple stuff and all sorts. But uh, I guess somebody who's a skilled hacker can can get in anything, really. And I do think that um, that that something was. I mean, obviously, something was going on. Now, when you talk about passwords and things like that, the story that Tony was given, it wasn't like the guy hacked into his system and you know penetrated his password. He was told by the IT people, I think it was, that he dealt with, that it was the process of opening that person's email that allowed them access. Now, that's, you know, I understand if somebody gets your password, obviously, you know, everybody understands that, that they can get in your system. But I'm not sure of the specifics of how, you know, if you sent, Gene, if you sent me an email and I opened it, how that would allow you access to my machine. As a matter of fact, here's how it works. It's not so much opening the email, usually, as clicking a link in the email here's something nick i want you to see and you click on it and it doesn't happen so much with macs as with windows computers but there are ways to do that or to fool you into going to a website and they grab it it's what they call social engineering so it's possible now the other thing that a lot of people don't know uh, but i've mentioned this in a couple of interviews and there's a reason why i would have noticed it is that in a number of the emails sent by this person aglas darkly to me rich and tony he spelled words in english english you know like like the word color it over here c-o-l-o-r in the uk it's c-o-l-o-u-r and a lot of you know a lot of uh, English words have the have the U in, you know, like flavor and color and stuff like that. Now, I can't remember if that was on the specific words, but there were certain words for sure that he spelled in an English fashion and used a couple of English phrases. Now, 
that either meant one or two things. Either he was English or he specifically knew I was English and thought he'd just play around a little bit and make me think he was English by spelling words in a way that he would realise that I would instantly notice it, you see what I mean? So it could have been like a bit of a mind game thing or it could have really been a bit of a tip-off to the fact that he was English and possibly in England. I mean, an English guy, Ross Evans, he was hacked. So maybe there's a tie-in there, I don't know. So there's, you know, there are a few intriguing ways in which we can learn a little bit more about this whole situation. I noticed that in the the other day when I was sort of surfing around the forum, there was like a section on there where all to do with like the hacking set uh, issues related to the Roswell slides and a few things I didn't know where, you know, people were bringing up different scenarios and whatever. It will never end. Well, it, it won't end because, you know, I mean, it's like with the alien autopsy film. Some people are still talking about that today and, you know, believe it to be the real thing. Uh, I mean, the irony is the alien autopsy film, I'm 100% sure, doesn't show a dead alien. It doesn't even show anything that ever lived. But we, I can assure you we don't have the full story of the alien autopsy film. You know, that the full story that Ray Santilli told is not the full story. I, I can assure you of that. Um, and that'll happen with the slides. You know, we'll never get to the bottom of it. There we go. We leave that subject now with Nick Redfern. Let's talk about the book. Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order. Now, before we get into some of the stories you have in the book, I wanted to look at what was written by your PR person. History is written by the winners and the powerful, but how much of it is fiction? And that's something I always worry about with regard to history, which is, are we getting the real version of what's happened, or just the sanitized version? Well, unfortunately, you know, that's something everybody sort of, I guess, ponders on at time from time to time. And unfortunately, as time progresses, you know, it gets more and more difficult and we get more and more evidence, if you like, or suspicions that as society progresses, you know, we're just being lied to even more and more. Um, and, I mean, it just goes on and on. And uh, I think we'd be quite surprised, really, if we were to sort of see, you know, the full picture of of multiple things that have happened in the past and how, if we had access to the full picture, it would sort of radically alter things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's sort of a, a good phrase they came up with because it's true, you know, whoever wins dictates the details of the story, essentially. Uh, you know, the losers often get get forgotten and an established uh, scenario becomes becomes accepted. Well, even now, we're still debating the actual history of the Iraq War. Yeah, and that's sort of, you know, we're talking, well, just over a decade or so, you know, and um, but things like the weapons of mass destruction, I mean, that's, that's still an ongoing debate, really, and, um, you know, the whole issue of Saddam Hussein and um, his ability to do this or to do that, and... Um, and, of course, that spills over into, like, um, Afghanistan and uh, bin Laden's body. And, um, you know, people just have a lot of a lot of questions. Uh, and the reason they have a lot of questions is because they don't have a lot of answers. <laughs> well, and, of course, Bush's assertion that the war is only going to cost $50 billion and Iraqi oil will pay for it all. And now we're staring at about $3 trillion and God knows how much money to to, um, you know, help support the returning vets who 
many of whom uh, were injured and and need you know serious metal uh, help and, and medical help you know for probably for the rest of their lives so we really can't even put a price tag on it and when was the last time Nick that you heard any mention of Iraqi oil um, you know how many millions and millions of barrels of oil have been have been pumped out of the ground and, and what happened to all that money and why is this, why is the the country in <laughs> bomb back to the stone age and and you know there's no electricity in places no clean water um the infrastructure has totally been been trashed um you know upwards of a million iraqis were killed and wounded you know it, it just it's it's horrible and and yet um you never hear about where what's going on with all the uh revenues generated by the iraqi oil it's, well i think a lot of it comes down to i mean you know we're reliant on how the mainstream large-scale media reports things for the most part and unfortunately you know if the media doesn't report on things we don't get to know and i think one one of the disturbing things that i've seen sort of around the world in terms of the mainstream media is that very often i mean i'm not painting them all with the same brush by any means um but sort of large-scale intensive investigative journalism seems very much to have gone out the window in terms of a lot of newspapers. You know, today it's just about, well, here's the press release, and the press release gets published, you know. Um, But that's not investigating something. That's just parrot fashion in it. And, um, And I think those days need to come back, the days of sort of, you know, the beat, journalists, investigative journalists going around and knocking on doors and, you know, yeah. chasing everything down. That, the days of Woodward and Bernstein are over. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're only over if people allow them to be over. No. You know, I mean, an analogy is that, I mean, somebody said to me the other day, that totally different subject, but this whole issue of, oh, well, in the future, we're all going to be implanted. And the guy said, well, there's no way to stop it. I said, well, of course, there's a way to stop it. Everybody in the country, 300 million people, just say no. You know, right. I mean, that, that, so it's, it's easy to do things like that. It's easy for the entire population never to be implanted. You just say no. And um, and there's no way to take on 300 million people. So um, that, that's what it requires. It requires people to not hide behind the the curtains, you know, as individuals, but if you want to change something, you know, you, you, you change it. Yeah, it'd be nice to have more honesty, at least in American politics. Uh, Obama, of course, ran on a platform of having the most transparent administration ever, um, promised this, and, and uh, the exact opposite has happened. It's been one of the most hidden and secretive of all administrations, and uh, it, it just, I, I think it, it just is an indication of where we're going in this country. I think the, the, um, the secrets are getting uh, more prevalent. Uh, the secrecy and the classification of, uh, of secrecy, uh, I think, is becoming institutionalized to a point where it's extremely unhealthy. And, um, you know, I think this whole idea of accountability and transparency is, is a real major issue that I don't think enough people are really, uh, you know, indignant enough about uh, in the country. I, I think that there's, there's a real need for people to stand up and demand accountability and demand transparency from their from their politicians and, and, and our leaders. And it, it, I just don't see it happening. In fact, I think the reverse is happening. 
We have a transparent well, break for you folks, and then we'll have more of this discussion with Nick Redfern, author of Secret History. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley. With U.S. Tax Shield, we can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. Now, a twice-as-nice Twin Kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals Twin Kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price, $89.95. But now, Complete H2O Minerals is offering the Twin Kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Nick Redfern, author of Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order, with Gene and Chris, and now we're getting deep and dirty into those conspiracies, into the way we look at our world and what might be really going on. Chris made a comment before we did our break, Nick. Let's have a transparent comment from Nick Redfern. Well, yeah, I think this is something that's all around the world. There seems to be this culture of it's important to go down almost like a 1984 Orwellian pathway, you know, not with jackbooted troops knocking the doors down and burning books. It's almost like a slow unstoppable progression into a worldwide like surveillance state that's that seems to be how things are going with little things introduced here and little things introduced there it's like you don't notice it until it creeps up and you think wow you know the world's completely different to how it was 20 years ago but you didn't really notice it happening and that's that's the dangerous thing when it when it occurs like that you know transparency goes away secrecy increases more and more 
sort of rights and privacy laws are eroded. And then you find, well, that's where you are. You know, you're sort of far down the line and what the hell happened in between, that kind of thing. Right. Well, it's like the, the old uh, axiom, when they came and, and took away the Jews, I didn't say anything because I wasn't Jewish. And then when they came and took away the gypsies, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a gypsy. And when they came and took me away, nobody said anything because uh, it, it's just, it's it's very disheartening, I think. And, you know, I think uh, the younger people um, who don't know any better, I think it's kind of normal for them. And that's, that's you know, this creeping institutionalization of secrecy and of surveillance, I think is is, is kind of commonplace for young people. They're, they've already become sort of numb to it. And, and that makes it easier for the powers that be to enact their freedom acts and their patriot acts and these types of uh, uh, disingenuous sounding you know, oxymoron <laughs> legislation. You know, I mean, I, I just read a thing uh, this morning uh, about, uh, I think, police are requisitioning bayonets from the government. Now, now, what the heck is a police force, a domestic police force, need a bayonet for uh, or bayonets? Uh, you know, we're seeing the militarization of police. Um, you know, we have these uh, very shady kind of uh, psyops military maneuvers like Jade Helm. It's just, I don't know. I think kids, kids really... It, it, this is going to be this is normal for them now and i don't think you're going to have the kind of outcry i think uh you know why complain about something that's normal to you and, no, you're, and, you're right because i think you know most of us listening to the show or on the show etc etc were born into an era that predates the internet now of course the internet has been a massively good or it can be you know used the right way it can be a massively good resource tool, you know, whether for social media, contacting friends, finding data and information, work, travel plans, you name it. But it also, you know, has the ability to sort of isolate people. And certainly you see that with like the young kids where, you know, I mean, how many young kids today ride the, in the US ride the bikes around town and fall off the bike and get scrapes and cut and ride home at seven o'clock with their friends? You don't see that, you know, they're all locked up in the bedroom texting and god forbid they fall off the bike because then the parents freak out and you know you've got to get all these new medicines you know from your local pharmacy to put on the wound otherwise they're getting infected and the legs are going to have to be chopped off and you know none of that happened when we were kids you fall off your bike you go home your mom said what you don't know i fell off my bike you know just clean it up and forget about it you know right. it's like Parents have become paranoid about letting the kids out. You know, don't let them get in the dirt. You know, they're going to get a new type of virus that we've got to be warned about. And for those kids, they don't know how the world used to be. They don't know there is a world out there where you can have fun. You know, they're brought up to believe that, God forbid, you touch somebody's front door. You know, I mean, what could be on it? You could be infected with a black death or something, you know. <laughs> so you have that angle. And, of course, as you said, the most important thing is that the new generation is born into a world where they've not known any difference. They don't have memories of when it wasn't like that. So, yeah, I mean, I can... I don't mean to sound defeatist because it's not, but I can understand how a few future generations, you know, perhaps the one after this one and the one after that, really wouldn't care if they were implanted or not. You know, if they don't care, why should I care about them? That's the way I look at it. You know, if you want to give up and you're 70, 100 years from now, well, screw you, you know, it's your fault. You know, I'm not going to worry about those people if they're 
you know, best shape. I, I see the country kind of, in in many ways, uh, sort of devolving into a state of waking coma. I think there's a lot of people walking around. Uh, you know, they're they're tranquilized. They're they're taking mood altering antidepressants and you know, Prozac and Xanax and all these 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 types of numbing you know, medications that just sort of, I think, kind of dumb you down and just make you sort of numb to, to you know, reality in many ways. And I, I think... Uh, oh, they do. They do. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of it. Complacency. You, know, you get hooked on them. You know, you mo- to ostensibly help your moods, but then you you, you are hooked on them. You know, it, it's like a... it's Well, it is a drug, you know. Uh, but again, I mean, 30 years ago, I mean, people weren't popping this pill for anxiety or depression or this or whatever, you just got on with your lives. And, you know, well, if you feel a bit down on a Monday morning, that's no reason to pop a pill. Everybody's down on a Monday morning. You know, what you got to do is just sort of pull your boots on and get on with the day. And if you're feeling a bit low, give yourself a punch around the face and snap out of it. You know, <laughs> take a pill. That, that's the way I look at it. And I mean... Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't have kids, so it's all okay for me to, you know, or some people say, well, you know, you don't have kids or whatever, you know, you know what it's like and all the stress. But I mean, it's all this sort of stuff about, um, you know, teaching kids not to do this and not to do that. Well, I mean, when I was a little kid, if I did something wrong, my dad would give me a clip around the head and I'd remember, I'd know not to do it again. Today, the parents would be hauled off before, you know, whoever and threatened with their kids being taken away from them. Well, it never hurt me if I got a sl- you know, a clip around the ear or whatever because I pulled next door's fence over trying to climb it or something, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so it's like common sense has, has gone and um, it's been replaced by just people living in states of fear, anxiety, stress, depression. Oh, you know, you wake up on a Monday morning you know, feeling depressed and down. You've got Monday morning syndrome. No, it's Monday morning and we've just had a great weekend and I really don't want to get up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't need to be on pills for, for things like that. And, and if you're depressed because how your life is, well, change your life. You know, don't take yeah. a pill to cope with the life you've got that's crappy. Change your life. Yeah, and change the laws and make it illegal to advertise uh, drugs on TV and 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 just prompt people to be in a constant state of uh you know self-medication and self-diagnosis you know i loved it when 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 the first drug commercial started coming out after they changed the laws and one of the first ones to be advertised was claritin and and this ad would come on and it would be this real psychedelic you know this colorful kind of dreamlike sequence of 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 trees and flowers blooming in in fast motion and and then it said claritin ask your doctor if it's right for you and they never told you what it was for it, it just blew my mind i'm i'm looking at <laughs> <laughs> Whoever was in the room with me, I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> well, you know, that this is a problem. The people today are conditioned that they've got to be on something. If you're not on something, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm not nothing special, but I mean, I, I've never taken an antidepressant, an anxiety pill, or nothing in my entire life. Not Never mind in the last couple of years, in my entire life. Because you're too dang busy, dude. you you got so much going on that there's just no way. I mean, you don't have time to be depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we all get down from now and again. because That's called life, you know. An Englishman living in Texas? People. Yeah, you probably do get down every now and then. 
<laughs> well, I take I like Dallas. You know, it's a cool area. But you know, I mean, <laughs> joking aside, my view is: well, if you're down, you're not feeling so good, and things aren't going well, you have to do things to put it right. You know, you can't just sort of roll over and lose and end up like a quivering wreck on the floor. Let's gotta- talk about quivering wrecks in our next segment <laughs> with Gene and Chris and Nick Redfern. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out 1500 bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you you're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24/7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com. 
It's absolutely heartbreaking. All over America, people are suffering from issues related to angina pain, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, irregular heartbeat, clogged arteries, and high cholesterol. Can you live your life free from sickness, pain, and fear and experience your body healing itself? Look to Heart and Body Extract, an all-natural supplement that aids ailing bodies. It has an exclusive formula of wild-crafted and organic herbs. End the pain without all the side effects of prescription drugs. People 20 years younger will envy your vitality. Want a happier, healthier you? Then go to heartandbody.com or call toll-free 866-295-5305 for free information. Heart and Body Extract offers a lifetime guarantee with no price increase in over 14 years. What are you waiting for? Call Heart and Body now at 866-295-5305 for your free information. Go to heartandbody.com, 866-295-5305. Distributor inquiries welcome. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. This is the Quivering Rex show. I don't think so. Nick Redfern, you want to continue on that discussion? Then I'd like to focus on specific conspiracies and what they mean. Yeah, that's fine. I think people need to sort of wake up, go back to actually using common sense, stop being paranoid about touching doorknobs and sinks and get the kids out of the house, show them the real world, whether they like it or not, and try and get back some semblance of how things were in the past. And I'm not saying that, you know, out of nostalgia or anything like that. It's just because, okay, technology-wise, we might be far more advanced today, but we've lost humanity to a degree. We've lost our social interaction. You know, I don't call social interaction texting, yeah. you know. <laughs> to me, social interaction is what I, what I do, which is like Friday night down at the pub, Saturday night go and see a band, Sunday night out with a girlfriend, whatever. That, to me, is social interaction. Not playing video games. Yeah, where are you now? Letter R, letter U. That, to me, that's not social interaction. Yeah. That's just being like Robbie the Robot, you know. <laughs> well, we live in a, in a very narcissistic uh, culture. I think it's becoming more and more narcissistic. I I go up to Grand Canyon, do tours up there uh, all the time, and, and more and more of these people are walking around with these selfie sticks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one and just beat the hell out of somebody with it. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's the most – back in the 60s, you know, you, you you kind of judge the progress of a culture by, you know, the types of – the expansion of language and, and words. And, and back then, it was ego trip and uh, and freak out and, and kind of the terms that, uh, you know, sort of summed up the times. And, and in today's day and age, it's selfie and twerking and, you know, all these very narcissistic kind of bizarre – Sort of um, well, again, narcissistic is the only word I can think of. Uh, and you know, people have to start waking up. Uh, you're right; we need to start interacting more in a genuine way, not not a superficial way on Facebook or, yeah. or texting. And and get your noses out of your damn smartphones. Uh, yeah. You know, I I don't know how many times I, I pull up next to somebody and, and they're driving along and they're texting. I mean, it, to me, it's it's dangerous. Number one and number two, it's just emblematic of what's going on in the culture right now. And I, I if that's uh, sounding like an old fogey, I, you know, I don't care. I claim it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I agree with what you said, but I mean, 
one of the things I would say is, you know, I'm not denying the importance of the technology that we have today. You know, I'm not some sort of Luddite, as they call it, who wants to go back to days when we just used phones and faxes. I mean, that would be ridiculous. You know, the, the Internet is an amazing tool. And, you know, life would be worse without it. But I think what's happened is that it's essentially become all controlling and all dominating. What we've lost with the Internet yeah. is the balance of the incredible opportunity it gives us. Right. with also having a normal life. Yeah. And that's what's happened. We've, we've lost the normal life aspect and totally gone over to the technology side of things. If it was a pure balance, you know, which is what I try and do, you know. I mean, a lot of people know I work 8 to 5, Monday to Friday, and that's it. I don't work at night. I don't work at weekends unless it's like a conference or something. And I just have a totally normal life away, you know. I follow the soccer a lot, go and watch that. I did totally normal stuff. And I think if you can balance it, everything's good. But today's generation cannot balance, you know, younger, youngest generations cannot balance it. They just totally, they're basically becoming sort of slave to the machine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, let me ask you here, since we're so much focusing on secret histories and conspiracies, do you think the way that young people behave today is driven by the technology and just natural evolution and the way things work, or there's some other force at work there? Well, I think what you're saying, I mean, I don't think smartphones were created to deliberately watch everyone and keep everybody occupied, but I think there are probably certain power players who have come to realize that, wow, you know, yes, this technology was introduced, you know, to create a better phone, but actually we can make use of it and watch everybody with it. So I think that's happened. You know, can I you spell Google? Can I spell Google? I can try. <laughs> you just did, I think. It's like any of these technologies. I don't think they were created by some sinister body where they thought, well, you know, we can watch everybody, and if we bring out electronic books, we can see what everybody's reading. I don't think it was deliberately done like that, but I think it is a situation where certain people, like I said, can say, wow, you know, the fact that people are reading books online now, we can see what they're reading, you know, and whereas if they're just going into a store or whatever, you know, that it's it's less easy. I think that's the problem, is that the more the technology advances today, internet-based stuff, it becomes more and more easy to follow what we're doing. I mean, going back to that issue of being implanted, I mean, I actually previously said, you know, what do you think about the whole implant thing? And I said, well, really, it's a non-issue. We don't need to be implanted every, anymore. And they're like, well, why not? I said, because most people have got iPhones. Your every movement can be tracked. Your every social media interaction can be tracked. Every book you buy yeah. off Amazon can be tracked. You don't need to be implanted. You, you effectively, you are implanted, except under your skin. It's in your pocket. You know? Right. Good point. Oh, I'm full of good points. <laughs> you know, I'm noticing. <laughs> We're all having fun here. You know, there's a feeling here that a lot of things changed for the worse, beginning with the Kennedy assassination. There was so much optimism in our world. And after that, we had that event with a lot of controversy over what actually happened. We had the Vietnam War that may or may not have played out that way if Kennedy were still alive. All those things. What's your perception? Well, I wasn't born when the Kennedy assassination happened, but I mean, you know, anyone who knows anything about history realizes the sort of sheer shock and 
vibrations that went through the country and the world when that happened. You know, I'm sure there's anybody who was alive and at a certain age, not just in America, who doesn't remember what where they were, you know, when Kennedy was shot. I'm sure they do. But yeah, and I, and I think what a lot of this comes down to is something which I think also applies to the UFO issue. I genuinely don't believe that a lot of the things that are seen as being the work of like the elected government actually is the work of the elected government. I actually think, I often think they're sort of like rogue agencies or sort of black budget operations and they're the ones really pulling the strings, and they're the ones trying to push this through or push that through, and it's done under the banner of government. So, you know, I think, genuinely do think that, you know, the elected governments may be perceived as the bad guys by a lot of people, but I think in many respects they're not, but their strings are being pulled unknowingly by powerful players linked with worldwide multi-corporations and things like that, and I think with all these operations, different tentacles going on, they're the ones who have changed things since the Kennedy assassination. You know, they're the ones lurking in the shadows while we're all, people pointing the finger at the CIA or whatever for the Kennedy assassination. But it's this powerful body lurking in the shadows and that could apply to other political assassinations, reasons for getting into wars, you know, who's actually coming up with the reasons why we need to go into this war. Is it the government? Is it the Pentagon? Or is it actually, as I suspect, you know, people who may have ties to these bodies, but have sort of a, a more sinister and far deeper agenda going on? Good point. It's greed. With Gene and Chris and Nick, you're in... The Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com as if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's 
powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters. For the love of clean water. Usually, the older one gets, the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body. As a result, you'll have less energy, your tissues will shrink, and you'll become wrinkled. An older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly. Not fun. However, if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb, then you may be able to gain back some strength, muscle, and speed of recovery. One World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you. My name is Errol. I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball, and since taking One World Whey and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. Yuvia needed financing to grow her restaurant business, but her bank simply didn't understand. I was frustrated. Yuvia found on-deck business loans. On-deck did it for me. I called on Saturday, and I had $50,000 in my account on Monday morning. How about the terms? Incredibly easy. It doesn't mess with your cash flow. On-deck changed everything. This company, on-deck, is going to be there for me. Was it a good move? I'm looking to increase sales probably 30%. Been in business for at least a year with 100000 plus in revenue? On Deck can get you 5000 to $250,000 in as little as one business day. And they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. On Deck has opened up so many doors for me now. Truly, truly, the sky is the limit. I, I'm excited. Apply now at ondecklending.com or call 800-326-5430. 800-326-5430. Loan subject to lender approval. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris and Nick, we're talking about greed and conspiracies and all the strange things that are going on. There's a lot to talk about in this book, and I wanted to focus on a few things. It just hit me as I was reading the chapter. Number one being a conspiracy with regard to the Lenin assassination. Mm -hmm. So is there a suggestion here it was not just this lone, crazed gunman? Well, for most people who've sort of commented on the, um, the death of John Lennon, it's not whether or not Mark Chapman was the only gunman. I mean, he clearly was. The big question is, did Mark Chapman do it of his own accord, or was he some kind of Manchurian candidate? You know, that's sort of been the the major thrust of the, the research community that exists in that field. And, and there is sort of like an undercurrent of people who, who focus on that particular area. You know, they've pointed out the fact that things like, um, you know, the, the MK Ultra thing when that kicked off in the 50s and, and continued for years. I mean, for example, we do one classic example. Um, there have been a lot of rumors over the years that the CIA used to recruit people through the old YMCA. Through the out. YMCA stop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that was actually said by Philip Aggie, who wrote the CIA diary in 75. He said he was like prime recruiting grounds um, for CIA. It's fun to go to the YMCA. (laughs) And please um, don't spare us, Chris. Please. (laughs) Yeah, let's not go down that path. Yeah, but Mark Chapman, you know, he spent time there. He also did a bunch of LSD. Now, of course, LSD was something that was tested extensively in the whole MK Ultra program, particularly in the fifties. And I mean, the where John Lennon was shot, the Dakota Hotel. Well, the doorman there was a man named Jose San Genis Padamo, and he actually worked with both the CIA, uh, the Cuban secret police, and the CIA. Whoa. You know, that's a fact. It doesn't mean he was involved. It just means it's a very odd strand to the story, you know. And wasn't Chapman uh, recruited by John Hinckley's dad uh, in Florida at at that uh, religious charity organization, World something or other? Yeah, there's all sort of... So this is the interesting thing about the, the Lenin assassination, is that you have all these multiple strands. For example, the FBI has now declassified its file on John Lennon, which you can find at the FBI's website, The Vault. It's clear that the FBI was concerned by the fact that John Lennon was someone who, you know, millions of people listened to, and he was demanding that the U.S. get out of the Vietnam War. I mean, if it was just somebody on a street corner or, you know, somebody like us who smell, who sells like a small number of books thereabouts, that nobody really cares. When it's a, a world-famous rock star getting his name on the front page of national newspapers because of his stance on the Vietnam War, people do listen. And so, in other words, he was someone who, by default, I guess, had the ability to influence a great deal of people to go down a path that certain other people didn't want the the country to go, you know, out of Vietnam. And we also know that Britain's domestic intelligence service, MI5, the the British equivalent of the FBI, they uh, had extensive files on John Lennon as well. So they all sort of viewed him as like a troublemaker and somebody who was causing problems as they saw them. So, you know, when you read these extensive files and and things like this, and then you see people tied with this organization, that organization, it's no wonder that conspiracy theories have developed that somebody said, hey, you know, let's just get one of these Manchurian candidates and get rid of this man, you know. Now, when you talk of Manchurian candidate, that label is often applied to Sirhan Sirhan and the death of Robert Kennedy. Now, I'm going to age myself here. Let me tell you how I first heard about it. I was working at a very small radio station in Worthington, Minnesota. Well, medium-sized station for that part of southwest Minnesota. I was driving to work and listening to one of the big stations from Minneapolis-St. Paul. And I heard the early news about the shooting of Robert Kennedy. That's my first exposure. But why do we call this guy Sirhan Sirhan, who today would probably be regarded as an Arab terrorist by the nature of his origins? How do we think of him as a Manchurian candidate? Well, you know, I mean, these theories have sort of developed in most of the sort of relatively recent last 50 years uh, assassination type cases, whether, you know, Sirhan Sirhan, obviously Lee Harvey Oswald, etc., etc., I mean, there are a few weird things in relation to the whole issue, you know, of Sahan Sahan. Uh, for example, um, at one point, 
he was basically sort of interviewed and questioned by a, a psychiatrist based at UCLA named Dr. Bernard Diamond. And um, Diamond actually brought up certain entries that were contained in Sahan's notepads. And he'd he sort of written time and time again uh, in capital letters, no less, mind control, mind control, mind control. And um, so you have things like this, you know, was that just some way for him to sort of have a plausible means of defense? You know, it wasn't me, I was hypnotized. I mean, some people have argued that. But on the other hand, you could take the approach that this is evidence of something that was sort of deeply buried in his mind and something that happened to him. You know, the the whole issue uh, then came tumbling out. And there's also this strange story. Um, yeah, the lady uh, in the polka dot dress. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The woman in the polka dotted dress at the, at the scene of the assassination. One of the theories is that with these Manchurian candidates, they have to have like a, a trigger image or a trigger word or something like this to put them in that sort of hypnotized mode. In other words, you know, they're not constantly walking around like in a zombie type days, but when they see the trigger image or they hear the trigger word, their mind flips over to this hypnotized robotic state. And one of the theories is that this polka dotted, polka dotted dressed woman at the assassination, that for Sahan, the image of the polka dotted dress was what put him in essentially assassin mode. And then when it was over, you know, his mind began to clear and it was what the hell just happened. So, you know, it, it's an intriguing case. And with, like with the Lennon assassination and like with uh, the Kennedy JFK assassination, you have all these weird little strands and ties and links. And the reason why I get suspicious and suspect that we do have Manchurian candidates, is that if we didn't, we simply wouldn't have all these odd strands and ties. You know, I mean, if it was just a regular person who just decided to go out and do it because they didn't like the person, you wouldn't find odd and curious links to the CIA or the mafia or whoever. It would just, you know, it would just be, well, he worked at this store and, you know, took his kids to church and whatever. But we're not seeing that. So that's what leads me to believe there are Manchurian candidates, not necessarily just what they do, but the people they're tied to and the strands that we find when you go looking into their backgrounds. Well, this is also what I wonder, especially in the 60s, because we had the movie, The Manchurian Candidate, where this former soldier is being given this, shall we say, series of brainwash sessions by an actor named Kai D., Mm -hmm. who, by the way, played Wolfat on the original Hawaii Five O, and was also a co-producer of the Long John Nebel radio show. Well, that's just background information. And he was not Korean. He was not Oriental. I think he was born in Europe. The key being here is we think of that, where someone gets a telephone call and someone says something, and that's a common theme used in a lot of movies. But is that really something that could have happened, or is it something that satisfies people who can't accept the possibility that just one crazy person did all this stuff? Well, uh, I mean, that's a good, that's actually a very good question. And I think, you know, it does satisfy people, but just because it does satisfy people doesn't necessarily mean it, it's, it's wrong. I mean, I'll give you a classic example. Let's do Way that example in our next segment. Let's hold the classic okay. example and we'll have it waiting for you. 
in our next segment with Nick Redfern talking about secret history. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Yuvia needed financing to grow her restaurant business, but her bank simply didn't understand. I was frustrated. Yuvia found on-deck business loans. On-deck did it for me. I 
called on Saturday, and I had $50,000 in my account on Monday morning. How about the terms? Incredibly easy. It doesn't mess with your cash flow. On Deck changed everything. This company, On Deck, is going to be there for me. Was it a good move? I'm looking to increase sales probably 30%. Been in business for at least a year with $100,000 plus in revenue? On Deck can get you $5,000 to $250,000 in as little as one business day. And they're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. On Deck has opened up so many doors for me now. Truly, truly, the sky is the limit. I, I'm excited. Apply now at ondecklending.com or call 800-326-5430. 800-326-5430. Loan subject to lender approval. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Nick Redfern is with us, and when he comes on, it's just a great session of fascinating information. And you had an example to present in response to some of my comments. Would you do so now? Yeah, this issue of whether people could actually be sort of trained to be Manchurian candidates. Well, way back in 1942, which was close to a decade before MKUltra even started, Dr. George Estabrooks, who was the chair of the Department of Psychology at Colgate University, said, to quote him, I can hypnotize a man without his knowledge or consent into committing treason against the United States. 200 trained foreign operators working in the United States could develop a uniquely dangerous army of hypnotically controlled six columnists. Now, Easterbrooks was no fool, no idiot. And as I said, he made that statement 73 years ago. So for him to say, you know, he could turn anyone against their own country, and he recognized how, uh, as he called them, hypnotically controlled six columnists could essentially wreak havoc. It isn't much of a leap to suggest, you know, you could have an entire dangerous army, as he called it. Well, actually programming one person rather than an entire army might not be that difficult at all. You know, I think, we. well, I know we're not still fully sure of the entire scope of all the MK Ultra programs, because when in the mid-70s, the whole thing started to come tumbling out. Uh, Richard Helms, who was the director of the CIA at the time, ordered all of the MK Ultra files burned. Now, a lot of them survived the destruction order because a lot of them were sort of contracted out to, to private contractors. So it wasn't like everything was held at CIA headquarters. But certainly massive amounts of the early MK Ultra files, I mean, literally tens and tens of thousands of pages, were dispatched to the furnace. And so certain portions, probably some of the more controversial ones, will never really know the answer to, I guess. Well, and there were also stories uh, from the late 40s of Andrea Puharic uh, developing transmitters that were um, put in, in fake teeth and then implanted in the, the mouths of, uh, of unwitting subjects. And there was some question of some of the motivations. Uh, Sidney Gottlieb... Um, you know, at uh, Army Chemical Corps at Fort Detrick and Puharic and others, uh, whose names pop up in the strangest places. Uh, well, and, yeah, I mean, Puharic, I mean, he was someone who, you know, he was looking into all sorts of things, sort of psychedelics and UFOs and mind control, mind manipulation. Right, and channeling um, the Nine. <laughs> yeah, channeling the, the Nine. Council and, of um, Nine. Yeah, I actually got some of his... Um, 
uh, not a massive amount, but a number of official files on him through the Freedom of Information Act. You know, it talked all about his work with the uh, chemical department people in the military and the army, and how various military personnel have been out to visit him at his uh, Glen Cove, where he worked, and um, talking all and discussing all his different concepts and ideas, and uh, even things like you know his his thoughts on reincarnation and um, how possibly psychedelics could literally give you a glimpse into the distant past and things like that. So, you know, he's a fascinating guy. And if you look at all the early MK Ultra stuff, you know, people think it was all about hypnosis and training assassins. It wasn't. They were actually looking at things, everything from LSD, mescaline, sacred mushroom, the whole thing. They were looking at the way in which the human mind could be altered radically from a whole wide range of disciplines, never mind just sort of synthesized chemical stimulants or whatever, but as I said, you know, um, psychedelics from the South American jungle or from Mexico or whatever, mm. you know, peyote, peyote, everything. So well, you not know, to they, mention they really uh, synthesized whole, chemicals too. Range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, that. remember the movie Jacob's Ladder with uh, Tim Robbins where, um, you know, there's stories uh, that have surfaced over the years that uh, certain types of... Um, Mind-altering chemicals were devised uh, and, and tested unwittingly on U.S. troops in Vietnam, and uh, and of course that movie kind of takes that theme and and does a you know a fictional run with it. But it's not out of the realm of reason, uh, based on my fairly extensive uh, research into into all these subjects. And that's why your book fascinates me because you really do a good job of taking some of the lesser-known conspiracy theories in, 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 in that section of the book and, and really um, exposing some uh, some good research that you've done and, and some real good digging that you've done. The Marilyn Monroe information is, is very interesting to me. I remember seeing your talk at the Paradigm Symposium and just shaking my head going, wow, I had no idea, you know. There's some pretty wild stuff, uh, you know, and, and it all seems to have this weird kind of undercurrent of connect connectivity. The same names keep coming up, um, the same types of... Uh, of details uh, tend to dovetail with one another, and and it's it's really hard not to look over your shoulder and think that wow, there there really does appear to be an underlying cabal that's sort of uh, manipulating the puppet strings uh, as a, as a, as it were. Well, I mean, the one issue that, of MK Ultra that is people have written about it, you know, an article here, an article there, but it's not. I think it really would benefit. Well, I know it would benefit from like a full length book is the MK Ultra connection to the whole UFO issue. Now, I mean, John, a lot of people don't know this, John Fuller, who wrote The Interrupted Journey, the, you know, the book on the Betty and Barney Hill case that really kicked off the whole abduction scenario. John Fuller was heavily interested in the MK Ultra story. He actually met in the mid-50s some of the scientists who were contracted out to do work on MK Ultra, he was fascinated by it. And then in 19, early 70s, he wrote this book called The Day of St. Anthony's Fire, which was about an outbreak of what was thought to be ergot poisoning, uh, like a, a right, rice, France. Um, in France, where literally the, the little village, the people became like deranged, you know, like something out of straight out of 28 days later, because, you know, their minds were, were poisoned by what was believed to be ergot. But... Over time, more and more data has come forward to suggest this may have been some sort of testing at a sort of small localized level of some sort of powerful hallucinogenic. So it's interesting that Fuller had an interest in 
MK Ultra way back to the 50s, met some of the guys, then suddenly wrote a book about this case that actually years later became suspected of being connected to MK Ultra. And of course, you have the theory that the Betty Barney Hill case could have been like an MK Ultra op, you know, some sort of um, attempt to sort of promote the idea of aliens and, you know, fabricate a UFO incident. So there, there are a number of cases that fall into that particular category that I think could benefit from a sort of a renewed look, but from a very different perspective. Well, yeah, and look at the cultural meme that was unleashed by that case. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I mean, you can find things like that throughout a number of cases. I mean, the, the Pascagoula case, 1973, Hickson and Parker, uh, Charlie Hickson and, and Calvin Parker, as a classic of ufology. But they were taken on the Mississippi River. Well, literally, just a little while up the Mississippi River, like eight miles from where they were abducted, back in the, from the 50s onwards, the military was testing BZ, uh, which is a highly powerful hallucinogenic, testing it right in the very area where they were supposedly abducted by aliens. You know, they saw this strange light coming across the river. They felt weird. And then these figures, you know, seemed to be in suits or padded or whatever, you know, they looked strange, grabbed hold of them. Well, could it have been a helicopter releasing an aerosol hallucinogen and then took them on board and fabricated a, a situation? Maybe that's what happened. Well, well, you mentioned earlier about Walt Disney and the CIA. Why don't you give us a yeah. little synopsis on that? I bet you a lot of people weren't aware of that connection. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is an interesting story. It relates to the, the CIA's Robertson panel, which was set up in the early 50s. Now, the early 50s, in terms of UFO research and investigations at an official level, was interesting because you had a lot of people doing a lot of different things. For example, you know, the Air Force had Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Blue Book. And depending on the area, you had some people who believed, well, are we dealing with the Russians or is it German craft? Others thought, some people in these groups thought it was legitimately extraterrestrial. For example, in one of the old Grudge reports, there's a, an entire document that talks about how the Weather Bureau had prepared a report for the Air Force talking about the ball lightning angle. Then, over the years, different theories of surface plasmas and the British Ministry of Defence put out a lengthy report saying they were plasmas. In other words, what you have is a lot of agencies looking into aspects of the UFO phenomenon for varying reasons. And the Robertson panel which was set up by the CIA, wasn't, contrary to what a lot of people believe, designed to investigate UFOs. The, the Robertson panel was concerned about the means by which unfriendly nations could exploit the UFO phenomenon, whether it really existed or not. And the Robertson panel's files talk about how there were concerns that the Russians would spread bogus UFO stories all across the US over the airwaves, and plunge the country into a state of hysteria. Let's so do our break also- here, otherwise we'll all be hysterical. <laughs> With Gene and Chris and Nick Redfern, you're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, 
There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting goberkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Nick Redfern in the middle of a long answer response here as we continue our discussion of secret history with Gene and Chris. Nick? Yeah, the, as I said, one of the big concerns of the Robertson panel was that people like the Soviets would instill hysteria by spreading fake UFO stories clogging the air channels, possibly cl- uh, clogging the emergency services, which they feared could be the overall goal and, you know, launch a sneak attack. And this Robertson panel felt that the best way to try and combat this would be to demystify the mystery and the intrigue surrounding UFOs. Now, you can make a very strong case that this was done for two reasons. One could have been that there were certain people on the Robertson panel who knew UFOs were real, and they wanted to do their utmost to convince people they weren't real. The other angle was supposedly to inform and educate people on what UFOs might really be, you know, from their perspective at least, like meteorites, things re-entering the atmosphere, aircraft landing lights or whatever. And so one of the ideas that was actually never, it didn't actually go through, but there are indications that it was discussed at a very deep level, was the idea of commissioning the Walt Disney Corporation to make essentially like cartoons that could be shown at theatres, at cinemas, etc., possibly even on TV, and present the general public with sort of information-based cartoons and movies, demystifying the entire UFO mystery and trying to lay it to rest so that the Soviets wouldn't be able to exploit it, you know, and provoke U.S. hysteria or whatever. There actually were meetings with people from the Disney Corporation and the discussions of how 
they might go about doing this and what would be required of them, just looking at the ways in which to alter the public's mindset. So it demonstrates how two famous bodies you would never imagine could come together, the CIA and Walt Disney, actually did come together on one of the world's most weirdest subjects, UFOs, and obviously behind the scenes, uh, you know, not publicly. It does demonstrate sort of the, the sheer level of sort of conspiratorial-based stories and how weird, genuinely weird, they can get at times. Oh. Yeah, you might actually have Bugs Bunny, you know, sort of telling you, don't worry, there aren't any aliens, you know. <laughs> Well, there's also the conspiracy theories about his movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, how it's uh, all these uh, subliminal signals about uh, the drug culture, uh, emerging drug culture and, and stuff. Uh, it, it gets pretty wild when you start digging into uh, kind of people's conspiracy theorist analysis of uh, some of Disney's work. Chris, why don't you define that more? How would you think Snow White would indicate? Well, the names of, of the dwarves. You know, I read a very interesting article that... Um, Related the um, some of the symbology in in the movie to uh, kind of I don't know hinting around at uh, the efficacy of, of drug use as a way possibly to control uh, culture or program culture program kids you know it's memory kind of eludes me on on a lot of the details but I remember I was very impressed with the analysis and it made me scratch my head and kind of go hmm <laughs> it's pretty interesting you know Walt Disney did have a house uh, in Sedona for for uh, quite a number of years so maybe it rubbed off on him here maybe he was secretly a a new age kind of guy and was uh um some things that uh, wasn't publicly acknowledged who knows i always thought he was kind of republican and sort of right wing myself but i don't know you know you start digging uh the more you dig the more dirt you uncover and and Nick's a good one he's got quite quite a a, a toolbox full of uh digging tools <laughs> and shovels and picks and and occasional sticks of dynamite. Well, with Walt Disney, his impression, if you watched him on that ABC TV show, was a very conservative sort of gentleman. Sure. Yeah. Uh, with dopey, sleepy, grumpy. They're all kind of states of uh, sort of uh, post-drug use, um, I don't know, sort of behavior. But aren't, you know. isn't that kind of forcing it, though? Yeah, I think on the surface, but if, if uh, you know, I have to dig that article up and see if I can find it and post it on our forums at forum.thebearcast.com. It is very, uh, very interesting, um, as is the whole Laurel Canyon conspiracy about how a lot of the uh, uh, major rock stars and counterculture figures of the 60s all were uh, military brats and intelligence agency brats, Frank Zappa, Jim Morrison, uh, Stephen Stills. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on of, of these uh, these individuals who had uh, deep family connections uh, to, you know, high-ranking military uh, positions and, uh, and also uh, government and intelligence agency connections. Uh, it's pretty interesting when you really start digging around. You know, the way the culture is very subtly, I think, in some ways, but, but I think directly manipulated and, and, and programmed by – you know, some sort of conditioning um, agenda. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, that there is some truth to that. And I think, you know, reading, reading through Nick's book, it's hard not to get the sense that there is, there is some sort of shadowy agenda that's been formulated and enacted uh, very slowly over many decades. And we're seeing the results of that today, I think, as we started out talking about, you know, the surveillance uh, uh, situation, Edward Snowden's uh, revelations, which Nick covers in his book uh, somewhat, and just the whole idea that um, 
you know, we're, we're slowly starting to see, you know, a complete sort of fascist clampdown uh, with the militarization of our police forces and, uh, you know, this whole idea of <laughs> the United States, you know, being the world's cop and we have bases in 100 plus countries. And it, it's just, I don't know, it's, um, it's hard not to go down that kind of dark alley of speculation when it comes to trying to identify these um, these shadowy forces that are that, that appear to be at work and I, I think Nick's very careful not to really go too far down that road but I I would be surprised if he didn't share some of my suspicions <laughs> well yeah I mean I think what I always try and do is put out what I know for sure you know I mean there's nothing wrong with speculating but speculating providing you know you've got something solid to go on so I prefer right. to sort of relate what I know for sure, and then if I'm going to speculate, make sure that people fully understand 100% that it's speculated, right. rather than wrapping something up in some gigantic conspiracy, and people are then going to say, well, where's the evidence for this, where's the evidence for that? Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that, providing you let the reader know the difference between what you know for sure versus what you suspect. Yeah, I think I think that's a particularly important way to approach things when you're dealing with something so inflammatory as conspiracy theories right. which you do a very good job of, of, of presenting um, you're one of the people I admire the most in, in terms of your ability to to somehow magically dig up some pretty bombshell uh, documents an example of which would be uh, some of the documents that you supplied me with when I was writing Stalking the Herd about the uh, US government's concern that the Russians could possibly target cattle in this country um, and and compromise the food chain. And this was back in the 40s and early 50s. Oh, yeah. and, and, and that, that blew well, my mind. Uh, I was very, very impressed with that uh, information and tried to integrate it uh, somewhat into the chapter that it fit in. It was just very eye-opening to me. And, <laughs> and of course, you know, who else would, would come up with, uh, with such a bombshell uh, set of documents? But uh, our guest today, I must say I have to kind of publicly thank you again for that because uh, that was really an eye-opener to me. Oh, yeah. Well, you're welcome. I mean, I mean, those documents, I found those at the National Archives uh, a few years ago. Well, probably more than a decade ago now. Yeah, they're fascinating files. I mean, extensive files talking about like the Research and Development Board and various high-standing figures like Vannevar Bush, who reportedly was linked, you know, the whole UFO issue as well. Um, deeply worried that hostile nations like the Russians could basically unleash like a virus or a disease and decimate the entire U.S. cattle herd. I mean, that, that was like a major concern. And so plans were sort of initiated to monitor the cattle herd and look out for emerging viruses and diseases and try and figure out, was it just some random act of Mother Nature or was it something more sinister? And why I think these files are intriguing and important is because, because I mentioned cattle mutilations in the book. Why I think these files are important is because they potentially offer a bit of insight as to how years later sort of a cattle mutilation program or monitoring program might begin. Let's break it here, Nick, and we'll pick up on that. With Nick Redfern and Gene and Chris on the subject now of cattle mutilations as part of our show, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out 
A2 hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hey, neighbor, what are you doing digging? You had a heart attack last year. Oh, I know. I was told no more hard labor. Then why are you digging? Well, I've been taking Extendovite. It's been approved to help my heart. Extendovite? Is that a new drug? No, not a drug. It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal? How can that help? Well, actually, we've taken herbs for thousands of years, and Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to stop. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with it's time to build your own emergency food stockpile with the industry leader, My Patriot Supply. Once you try them, you'll know why so many Americans like you have made them part of their emergency preparedness plan. Experience the My Patriot Supply difference today with this unbelievable offer. Right now, a four-week food supply is only $99, and that includes free shipping. That's 50% off the online price. Call 800-274-3070 to claim yours. Limit two per caller while supplies last. This offer isn't available online, so you want to make sure and grab this opportunity to get prepared today. 800-274-3070 to get your four-week food supply for the incredible price of only $99, and it'll be shipped to you completely free. Call 800-274-3070 right now. That's 800-274-3070 to claim yours while supplies last. Don't wait. Call today. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Cattle mutilations. We're on that um, questionable subject, Nick Redfern. Let's continue. Yeah, as I said, the cattle mutilation chapter I've got in the book deals with the FBI's declassified files on the subject, which are really interesting. And they talk about a lot of the cases that the FBI received were from the New Mexico State Police, specifically from Gabe Valdez, a a name that a lot of people interested in UFOs will know. Many of his files on really intriguing cases from the Dulce area of New Mexico in 76 reached the FBI, and you can tell from studying the files that they were pretty impressed and thought, wow, something strange is going on. So I don't think the FBI was a part at all, any part of like a you know, a player in the cattle mutes. They were genuinely intrigued and wanted to know what was going on. Now, ultimately, the investigation that some people in the FBI wanted to go ahead didn't go ahead, and it was basically a case of, well, it's all scavengers. A a report was commissioned, the Rommel report, and it was put down to scavengers, etc., etc. But the documents that originally reached the FBI and the internal memos tell a far different story. Um, But what I think is interesting is that these old files from 47, 48, 49, they demonstrate that there was a concern way back then about the U.S. cattle herd being infected by something that could spread and spread and spread. So whoever or whatever is responsible for cattle mutes, I think we see the foundations possibly laid down in those late 40s documents to justify why something along those lines might go ahead. You know, the fears and the concerns and uh, whether that means it's all just due to, you know, fears of biological warfare viruses and it's some sort of military agency keeping a watch to see if the cattle herd doesn't become infected or whether there is a UFO component or a paranormal angle or, you know, uh, occult organizations, or whether it's some bizarre mixture of all of them in a way we're not really understanding. I think the files are important in the sense that I think they come into play in this story somewhere. Yeah, well, I think you did a good job summarizing the FBI's involvement, and I do have the complete set of files uh, that the FBI uh, declassified and, and released to the public. And, and there's no question that they were, they were scratching their heads uh, like the ranching community uh, yeah. For quite some time, and it wasn't until the whitewashing of the Rommel Court Operation Cattle Mutilation that, or Animal Mutilation that, uh, that we have the perfect plausible deniability for everybody to go, oh, it's Doug and Dave doing the crop circles. Oh, it's you know predators and scavengers that are doing the mutes. Well, what's unfortunate, and what I try to point out in my book is during that six months when Rommel was going around um, investigating uh, alleged cases, there was quite a panic in the ranching community. And uh, so every there were quite a number of, of scavenged animals, uh, unusual-looking scavenger action that was reported as as a genuine case. What you don't see in the Rama report is that it appears like the entire phenomenon, the, the real the real high strange cases, 
all seem to jump up to Alberta and Saskatchewan during that time period. And we have the Royal, Command, uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police running around like chickens without their heads, investigating real cases up in Canada, and Rommel going around uh, thinking he's investigating real cases and not even getting out of his car, actually. But um, his field investigators would go out and say, well, this, this is just scavenger action. So it's really unfortunate and, and it's rather disingenuous uh, for for people to um, you know just cite the Rama report. It's it's in in a similar way. It's very very uh, closely kind of parallels and resembles the Condon report, which uh, pretty much whitewashed the whole UFO phenomenon and came up with the uh, summation that there was no uh, threat to national security. And you know in in the case of Kenneth Rommel, who was a, a bank robbery expert, uh, go figure why he was uh, commissioned, given $50,000 to investigate cattle mutilations. You would think you'd want a veterinary pathologist or somebody in the, <laughs> in the animal sciences. So, you know, again, these, these, uh, these whitewashes have a tendency to, to deflate uh, the importance of, of issues and, and, and just kind of sweep them under the rug and give people plausible deniability to go into denial. And uh, I think it's pretty apparent there. You know, I think about all this, I wonder... If we ever have a situation here where some of these conspiracy theories are floated, not to push you in the real direction of what happened, but to set aside an alternate viewpoint, get people to think about that, and hide some other factor we don't know anything about. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think that's actually exactly what happens. I mean, a perfect example is I've got a chapter in the book on Roswell, and the, the the chapter basically is not sort of a study of what happened. It's a study of the no less than 13 scenarios that have been presented for what happened at Roswell. And I'm pretty sure that some of those scenarios were deliberately and covertly orchestrated to ensure that there are so many theories that the whatever really happened gets swamped by the massive alternate theories. I mean... You know, from the Air Force, for example, we had an initial statement that it was a flying disc. Then it was a weather balloon. Then in 1994, it was a mogul balloon. That's three explanations from one agency. Now, in a couple of years ago, in her book, Area 51, Annie Jacobson spoke about how she was told that Roswell was the crash of a, of a Soviet device and the, the bodies were actually children mutated by Joseph Mengele. Um, <laughs> back in the 1990s, Jim Keith, who's now dead, a, a conspiracy researcher, he was told that um, an aircraft, bear in mind that the, the Roswell Army Airfield was the only atomic bomb wing in the US at the time, he was told that an atomic bomb accidentally fell or was dropped from an aircraft and luckily didn't detonate and he said that that he was told that's what the 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 uh, led to the roswell ufo legend it was hidden under a ufo banner then you have the idea of some sort of german you know something captured at the end of the second world war and brought over with the paperclip scientists that kind of thing um you have the time travel theory that's been put forward as well, you know, sort of us from the future coming back to see what happened to Roswell, only to realize that, you know, the time travelers crashed and they became the source of the Roswell story. Um, now, one of the most interesting ones, which again is very much under-investigated, 
but I talk about this in this particular chapter, it relates to uh, a novel called The Flying Saucer, which was written in 1948 by a guy named Bernard Newman. And uh, he was someone who worked in British intelligence for a number of years. And Newman's book, The Flying Saucer, it's a novel, but it talks about three UFO crashes, one in uh, Russia, one in the UK, and one in, of all places, New Mexico. But they're not real UFO events. What they are, they're staged events by like a secret cabal of scientists that want to change the world mindset and create like a new world order. And so they stage these events and they even create alien bodies that can be autopsied from like various body parts, you know, like creates like a chimera type creature. And um, so the events are staged, the crashes are staged, people on site are allowed to catch a glimpse of the bodies and it's basically like a semi-sinister means by which to create a new world order and have the world united with this in in the face of this alien presence you know and, that's uh, so fascinating i want to talk more about it with nick redfern and gene and chris you're in the Paracast. just an alternative to the mainstream media we're the premier independent talk radio network we are gcn graphic converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us it does not use any database you get full control of all your files want to view the images of a folder drag it into graphic converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files you could use it for slideshows you could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners need to do some image editing you can do that too in graphic converter also print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com as if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. The toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Way, I noticed a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWHEY.com. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out, too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so the story goes that we have these three faked crashes in order to, and that's a common theme in science fiction movies, as a matter of fact, get the world to work together against the alien threat. That was a theme in Independence Day, where the aliens are taking us over, and if we don't work together, we're going to be terraformed or dust or whatever. And it all starts with a 1948 book. I'm just fascinated, though, how things like a UFO crash in New Mexico were selected. Could that have influenced any of our lore about Roswell? Well, it could well have done. I mean, as I said, Bernard Newman was someone who moved in intriguing circles in the UK, did have ties to significant figures in the world of intelligence. And you have to wonder if he had heard snippets of information or possibly even knew a story that one or more UFO crashes, maybe even Roswell, had been staged to create like a meme, you know, to influence the meme of flying saucers. Yeah, one of the interesting theories that was put forward was that maybe the UFO crash was staged to try and reel in Soviet agents who we know were in New Mexico because of all the research that was being done on atomic weapons at places like Los Alamos, for example, and all what was going on at White Sands with new 
technology research for aircraft and rockets, we know that there were significant numbers of Russian spies running around New Mexico at that time. Now, what better way to reel them in than to say, hey, you know, a UFO's come down. And then you sit back a little bit and see who starts snooping around the town of Roswell and who's got a funny accent. Maybe it was a way of trying to, like I said, reel in Russian spies. I mean, it could have been directed against all of us, you know, create a meme that where one day we'll be presented with a fake alien invasion. Or it could have been like a localized thing. We need a way to try and find these Russian spies. Let's give them the most amazing thing of all, you know, a crashed spacecraft. and They're going to come running. And then you grab them and, you know, you've closed down their operations without any real secrets being compromised. Makes uh, as, uh, as much, if not more, sense in aliens uh, uh, not having the technology to uh, survive being swept with a giant radar uh, signal. You forgot, you no, forgot one of the theories, though. It was your theory and, and uh, the, the body snatchers. Oh, well, I didn't forget it. I was just sort of telling people ones that I thought that they probably know less about, you know, like the flying yeah. saucer, Bernard Newman one. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, uh, that's, that's one on me. But yeah, I mean, the one I wrote about in Body Snatchers, the idea of high-altitude balloons and, you know, using handicapped people in some of these huge balloons that may have sort of exploded in the air and, you know, come crash to ground, so you've got this strange foil and these weird-looking bodies. I mean, that book that I wrote, Body Snatchers, that came out in actually 10 years ago, 2005. And I started the research and the interviews around about 2001. I was the first to admit I can never really, even to this day, I'm still not sure if there was like an agenda behind that or if the people were legitimately, you know, telling what they knew for sure. I mean, by their own admission, most of the people I interviewed said that they got their data from old documents which they were exposed to in the course of their job in the 50s and 60s. Now, does that mean they were honest and earnest, but they'd been deceived, or were the files the real thing? You know, was it the, the crash of... I mean, like the Air Force said, it was a classified balloon. The people I interviewed said it was a classified balloon, but they just said it was, you know, it was like a man balloon uh, to test early high-altitude experimentation technology and that kind of thing. And the story was that it was controversial because they used handicapped people and prisoners and things like this and people from asylums who they felt wouldn't be missed. You know, as I said, I have to be honest to this day, I don't know if it was somebody trying to seed more disinformation or blow the whistle on what is arguably more controversial than a real UFO crash. And, you know, I still often think about it because occasionally I still get a few snippets that push the story down that pathway. But, you know, it's, I get some, somewhere in all these stories, these 12 or 13 theories, I'm pretty sure the truth exists. But the problem is, of course, which one of the 13 is the real one, you know. Well, that also takes us to any major UFO story that has gained traction has legs. Mm -hmm. How many of these cases represent the possibility of something unknown? And we don't have to say spaceships necessarily, just something yeah. unknown, something we haven't figured out. And how many might represent some kind of military tests like Washington well, National yeah. Airport 1952 or some kind of military well, experiment, a disinformation experiment? How do we separate that? Can we? Well, that's the big problem. I mean, two cases for me at least stand out, both from, not just both from 1980, but both from within days of each other. You had the Cash Landrum case in Texas, and you had the Rendlesham Forest case in England. I mean, uh -huh. they were literally like 48 hours apart. 
Now, Cashlandrum, you've got the extensive number of military helicopters. You have this weird diamond-shaped object. You have stories of the, the three witnesses being maybe irradiated or possibly exposed to some sort of chemical component that adversely affected their health. You know, I think that could go one of two ways. A genuine unknown that was being essentially followed or chased by some sort of UFO retrieval team, or it could have been something that was being tested, that went off target, and so you had like an emergency recovery team that would be involved in, in you know, just regular military recoveries of sensitive technology. As for Rendlesham Forest, you know, it's a significant case, but there are a number of interesting aspects to this story. Uh, for example, Ray Boucher, who was a former MUFON director in Lincoln, Nebraska, he interviewed or spoke with a couple of DOD scientists, personnel, physicists, who told him that Rendlesham was like a PSYOP using all sorts of mind-altering technologies tested out on the, like a, the, the military people involved, essentially to see how the mind can be manipulated and to what extent. So, you know, if you can convince military personnel they're seeing aliens, then you could convince them of anything. And, and what is interesting is that, you know, if you wanted to do it in the UK, then the time and the location would actually be a really good one. I'll explain why. Because Rendlesham Forest, you know, it's a large sort of largest area of woodland um and the date when the incidents began was december the 26th now december the 26th in england is boxing day in england most companies break up for, for christmas on, on december the 23rd or the 24th nobody goes back to work hardly apart from you know the essential workers until january the 5th we all have like a good two and a half week holiday thereabouts what happened was that the first sightings occurred on december the 26th which in england is a national holiday called boxing day well actually they were british controlled you know they were just leaked one base was leased out to the u.s they only had a skeleton staff because so many people were off on leave for, for holiday so in other words the number of people who were at the base was at a minimum and on top of that we know from the records that the Ministry of Defence, you know, they sort of, you know, their, their work scaled down over Christmas. You know, you might be, England might be the only place where people are like, oh, well, you know, we're going to have a cup of tea and have a holiday. We can worry about the Russians after Christmas, <laughs> you know. But that's what happened. So, in other words, if you wanted to test out new and radical technology, the best place here in the UK would be deep in the woods at a time when most people wouldn't have been at the base because they'd have been on vacation, you know, and it would just been the skeleton staff. So the chances of the whole thing come tumbling out would be less. I'm not saying that was the answer, but, you know, it could have been the answer. And it's kind of, that also ties in with the flying triangle cases. I mean, the famous Belgian triangle cases of March 1990, when you had these huge waves of black triangles and the Belgian defence people chasing them, etc. You know, the one theory is that it was sort of some advanced military technology. Well, had that, they, those sightings occurred on uh, March the 30th, 30th uh, 31st, if the media had published immediately, probably the first day they could get it out would be April the 1st, April Fool's Day. Aha, uh -huh. so, so you don't take it seriously, but let's continue that. Yeah. We yeah. take Nick Redfern very seriously. He's back for one more segment. I can't believe how time has flown. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. Yeah. 
free from the shackles of corporate America. We're the place for independent thinkers. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, Coast to Coast listeners. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of George Norrie because his topics and guests are fascinating and really get you thinking. George is just as bothered as I am by all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease, not compound it. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond Osteo FX, which together are called the Healthy Start Pack. I recommend you go online to criticalhealthnews.com to purchase these products. That's criticalhealthnews.com or call 855-949-RADIO. Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story. It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves. With the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed. And just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month. Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. GCN. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps 
helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. On the Paracast with Nick Redfern, author of Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens to the New World Order, and many other books. In fact, I mentioned before he leaves, he's got another book coming out, what, three months or so, on Bigfoot. But right now, let's talk about this particular theory where the news doesn't get published till around the 1st of April, so a story can be regarded as a possible April Fool's joke. Nick? Yeah, well, the, as I said, Belgian wave of flying triangle sightings, these huge black triangular-shaped objects with illumination below, have been seen everywhere, but there was a major wave at the very end of March 1990. All sorts of theories, UFOs, military technology. Now, as I said, that had the story been published immediately, because of the time frame, the first it could have got out was April the 1st. Now, that in itself is intriguing, but exactly the same thing happened three years later. And I, I got an entire chapter about this latter-day case in the book. There was a, a Royal Air Force base in England called Cosford, C-O-S-F-O-R-D. And on the night of March the 31st, there was a sighting of a huge black triangle over RAF Cosford and another base called RAF Shawbury. If you Google it, you'll find huge stories all about it on the internet. And again, the earliest date that the local press would have been able to publish that story because of the time frame and, you know, the printing schedules would have been April Fool's Day. So again, you have a situation where people may be flying advanced military technologies knowing that if, if they reach the press and we test on certain days, they're going to be laughed at. And there's also the issue of fabricating a UFO event in the woods near a military base when it's at Christmas time and half the people aren't there. You know, it keeps the word to a minimum. And it occurs at night when there's even less people on duty. I think more needs to be looked at with these cases at some of these tangent issues that seem tangential and on the sidelines, but may actually not be. They might be sort of integral to, to understanding what really happened. Chris, do we have a couple of quick questions from our listeners? Yeah, we do. And, and boy, we just barely scratched the surface. There was a bunch of stuff that I was hoping that we would get to. The, the death of all the microbiologists, uh, some of the brain drain stuff going on at Marconi and alternative three type scenarios. And, and there's just a whole litany of stuff. And we never even talked about the ancient alien at the first <laughs> third of the book. Uh, which We're going to have to have you back, Nick, and uh, do a part two because uh, the this is like uh, the most extensive book that you've written in a while. And boy, there's a lot of a lot of meat in there to sink your teeth into. So we do have a couple of questions from one of our posters, uh, Bert State. Uh, Robert's one of our longtime posters and one of our most active members of, at forum.theparacast.com, where you can ask questions of our guests. And he's wondering, there's a couple of questions in here, um, but he's wondering about Bruce Duinsing uh, and the value of his creative and unrestrained thinking. He was wondering if you had any few thoughts on his passing recently. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tragic passing. I mean, Bruce was somebody who really thought out of the box. You know, he, he had almost like a unique way of getting his thoughts across and a very sort of colorful style of writing where you had to 
reading very carefully. But I, I like Bruce's stuff because, you know, it was like no fear he was beyond his purview, if you like. You know, he would look at it, he would study it. And he had a lot of interesting concepts on the nature of reality and UFOs. And, and I mean, it's always, you know, tragic when somebody dies. But, you know, I mean, he died at only 64. And um, you know, I'm sure had he... He was a really on, good writer. Yeah, he would have shared us with us so many different concepts. I and mean, that was what Bruce was really good at, was making you think about his words and making you think about the concepts and paradigms that he was coming up with. And it was like, wow, I'd never thought of that. So, yeah. that, you know, he, he actually was like a major contributor. Yeah, he was really out of the box. It's a shame that he didn't publish more. Well, that, that is the one downside. I mean, I often used to, I was exposed to a lot of his stuff through the comments that he would often make at other people's blogs. Yeah. You know, the extensive comments. And you think, well, you know, this should be an article or it should be expanded like a chapter in a, a book or whatever. Yeah. We also have a, another question from Bernstein. And, and it's it's something that we kind of touched on before, but it's it, it's more, uh, there's a, a little different slant on this. Um he says, regarding conspiracies, how would you rank the general principles of consumerism that create needs for people to feel bad about themselves and consequently buy unnecessary products while simultaneously cultivating vast ignorance in the masses? As far as general conspiracies go, is this the biggest one? I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess you could make that argument. On the other hand, I think people just get, you know, sucked in by commercials and TV, you know, they feel that... I think it's, it's sometimes it just comes down to the natural thing that people feel if the neighbours have got it, they've got to have it, you yeah. know. It's kind of like... It's like when colour TVs came in, you know, what, you've still got a black and white TV? So people felt pressured to get a colour TV whether they wanted it or not, you know. Um, what didn't work, guys, of course, is they tried to say you need a 3D TV, and that didn't go very far, and now they're saying yeah. you need a 4K TV that's ultra HD or higher resolution, and it's questionable how far that'll go, but possibly more than 3D. But please, go ahead. What I would say, though, is that I think, you know, I'm sure people who are interested in altering the population's mindset take a great deal of interest as how commercials do influence people and how signs in stores and, and displays can actually influence people to act in a certain way. I mean, studies have been done, you know, to determine how stores should actually lay out certain products in certain places and how they should be advertised for maximum sales. So a lot of thought does go into the whole issue of consumerism. It's not just a case of, oh, we'll put the cornflakes there and we'll put the frozen food there. Now, there's a lot of design goes into it. So, you know, you could apply that on a far more sinister scale as well well not to mention the targeted marketing on the internet based on mm -hmm. your click-throughs to uh, various sites you can see yeah. the effect yeah. you click on a site that maybe uh has to do with some sort of you know product that you normally aren't interested in then all of a sudden you see ads start appearing in your various uh websites that are targeted for a person that had just clicked yeah. through to that site so there is that element as well so it's it's getting more and more personalized and uh and and you know manufactured for the individual oh yeah well that's a scary thing you know when you start getting targeted as a person i mean it can be it's like it's technology that can be helpful i mean uh you know i'm a big as you know chris i'm a big fan of punk music and i buy a lot of sort of old obscure punk cds off amazon and amazon's always sort of sending me recommendations and it'll be for this punk band and that punk band which which is which i'm fine with you know because it might be stuff i haven't got but on the other hand you can see how that technology 
could be used to sort of reel someone in and and have them just focused on you know that that whole consumerism angle of keeping their mind off other things by buy this buy this why don't you get this you need that you know it, it can be turned into that alternative sinister approach as well yeah that happens of course with google we can go into a long technical argument about google and targeted ads and do you think they make money from the android smartphone platform they make money not from selling smartphones but from data about you Nick, we're just about out of time here. You know, as Chris said, there's I have a whole agenda of stuff here. I noted as I was going through the book, I want to ask you about, and of course, we never got there. But I have an idea about that in a moment. In the meantime, Nick Redfern, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. Uh, well, I have a blog called World of Whatever, which people can find at Nick Redfern Fortean, F-O-R-T-E-A-N, Nick Redfern Fortean blogspot.com, or just look me up at Facebook or Twitter or on Amazon. People can pretty much find me everywhere, I guess. So. It's kind of hard not to find you, Nick. <laughs> Secret History, Conspiracies from Ancient Aliens and the New World Order is available from Visible Ink Press on Amazon and the Usual Offenders. You got another book on Bigfoot coming out soon, right? They've actually got three more books coming out this year, but they're all with different companies, and they're just purely coincidence. They're putting them all out together. They actually weren't written together, you know. I wasn't sort of typing like a fiend or whatever. It was someone were held back, but they put them out together anyway. The first one comes out in August through New Page Books, and that's called Bloodline of the Gods. It's sort of like an ancient astronauts book, the Bigfoot book, and Chupacabra Road Trip. They'll all be out this year. We have to have them on the show every day. I'll tell you what we're going to do, folks. As you know, we have a second radio show, part of the Paracast Plus package called After the Paracast. All right? And you get a copy if you sign up for the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. You get the ad-free version of this show, After the Paracast. And what we've asked Nick to do is join us for a short time. Join us to kind of catch up on a few of the questions we couldn't ask here on After the Paracast. So he'll be our special guest on After the Paracast this week. You can sign up at plus.theparacast.com. It's part of our subscription package with the ad-free version of the show. And for subscriptions of one year or more, you get a copy of Stalking with Tricksters from Chris O'Brien. Plus.theparacast.com. Nick Redfern, we'll see you very shortly. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.